This is HPR episode 2749 entitled Lost and Drunks and Clartu Commentary from episode 2743. It is hosted by Clartu and is about 15 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Thoughts about RPG character building, modern RPG playstyle compared to the old school, and more. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. I said I'd do an assessment of this process, of the of the uh, character creation process. And if, you know, this might be a good time for it. The way the game is designed these days, you may not... It's entirely possible you'd never roll up another character unless you wanted to, unless you felt like it. You may never lose the character, especially if you have a game master that is actively trying to keep your characters alive. And there's virtue there, I think, because some people... I mean, if you played it like it was played in the old days, like the really old days... You might never reach level, like, 15. You would never have the experience of playing a level 15 character. You'd just be playing, like, level 1s and 2s and 3s. I never did. The only time I ever played a high-level character in those campaigns was when we... Every now and then, we'd have a night where it'd be like, Yeah, I just bought this great uh, module, but it's for high-level characters, so we're all going to roll up high-level characters and run through this one. But it was a one-shot. It was a one-off. But my own characters... I don't think I ever had one that survived beyond level a, eight. And that's different, you know, because, I mean, like, you should, people should get to level up their characters. There, there's, there's, that's fun. Understand, though, that was the style of Game Master and, and uh, campaign that he ran. But there were other people at the exact same time who were running very high level characters because yeah. the Game Master ran a very different type of game. I don't know if people today know, but there was a type of dungeon or a type of campaign called a Monty Hall campaign. And Monty Hall campaigns were, it was like Monty Hall, you know, the name, like, it was spelled Monty Hall, but it was like the the hall was like a hall of, yeah, yeah. you know, like, you know, you hauled in all this treasure. Monty Hall was a, a game show host, but the idea was that it was a very easy campaign and you got an awful lot of treasure for not a lot of danger. Whereas I came from a killer campaign where no matter what you did, it, everything was stacked against you. And the game master honestly believed it was his job to try to kill you. He wasn't doing it. Out of malice, he believed that's what his job was, was to try to kill you, and it was your job to not let him do it. You know, I, I, I had incredible adventures in that game, but in the end, that type of playing discourages people far mm-hmm. more than it encourages them. And, you know, I had incredible laughs, incredible adventures, but uh, we got angry a lot, too. I think the book really, really needs a page or two that is nothing but a blueprint I of how agree. to create the character. Go here, go here, go here, go here. To me, it's it's a screaming need. To that to that point, I I'm going to mention, well, I'm going to mention that there is if people want that, there is a starter kit for Starfinder. It's a little bit like the D&D basic uh-huh. set, you know, like back in the day because it doesn't have the full rule set, but it does it does an excellent job. It like literally it has a printout, it has a page with the character sheet on it and has numbers by each one. And you go to the number with a paragraph that says in this box, fill in this number, blah, blah, blah. And it gives you everything's reduced though. So you're, you're, you're playing a, a simplified version of the game. It's like Starfinder basic. That said, 
it's super great because it does. It holds your hand and steps you through the process. I wish there was something like that in this book. I would honestly, I would leave out the last 25% of the book where they're going over game mastering setting and the Pathfinder legacy classes and just put in, put in a basic, like a, a, a handholding yeah. section on building that first character. But go ahead. Personally, now, I have a distaste for space opera games that are magic heavy. I don't mind a little bit, like Star Wars type of, type of level of magic. I don't mind a little of it. But this is set up in a way that you could have as much magic as the original Pathfinder in your Starfinder game. So you have all that tech and you have magic, you know, all that magic on top of everything else. That's one of the reasons why I say they're trying to cater to everybody in this particular game. I would have left all that out and made it a supplement. Uh, you know, it, I, 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 it almost feels like they were trying to beef up the book with extra material by showing people, oh, well, you're used to your Pathfinder game and you love your Pathfinder characters, you know, you're, I mean, I can see the mentality. I can see the mentality. A, a game master who's been running a Pathfinder game for a couple of years, and you know their pl- their player it, players are very attached to their characters, and the game master comes in and says, "I got the new Starfinder book. I want to do the spaceships and stuff. Let's do this." And the players are like, "I don't want to leave my character behind. I really love my character. I'm not leaving my character. You know, let's not do. You know, they in." To the point where they're like, I don't want to play it because I can't bring my character in. And I guess these rules are designed to let you do that. How common would that scenario be? I don't think it would be very common. That's just me, but... I I, I think there's a, a slight... Yeah, there is a question of whether Starfinder is akin to Spelljammer back in the old D&D days where you could do D&D in space. Or whether it's akin to like Traveler, which I've never actually played, but... but People seem to like it, and it seems to be pretty pure space opera. So, yeah, I think there's a there is a I think a little bit of a, a split personality to there. Cater to everybody. You want to you want a spell jammer game, and I played a lot of spell jammer. We had a you know our D and D game kind of expanded into that. Had a lot of fun with it, but that wasn't space. I mean, it wasn't anything like space. You know, what I mean, it's, yeah, it was not space. Yeah, and no, it was yeah, not I mean, space. It, it was you just hang not, out on the deck of a ship, not. and yeah. there was. But you know, the funny thing is though. The funny thing is, I, I bet if if they did do what you said, which I think is actually a really good idea, make it like a mod, uh, uh, an add on, you know, book like hey, have magic in your Starfinder game. Wouldn't people then accuse them of just trying to extort more money out of their readers? I mean, you're you're kind of critiquing them for giving away too much, which is kind of a weird thing to do. Okay, you're right. They might be accused of that. So why not instead of having a book of, you know, here's all the same old magic spells. How about a book that caters directly magic in this type of environment? You know, so you have... Oh, it does. There, There is. There's all kinds of technomancy stuff. Oh, I know. There. I know. There are. And another thing, another thing that you, you would need... You could do a complete cyberpunk game based on these rules. You, you, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm sorry, but I just think that they're reaching too far. I really do. I mean, <laughs> you can't... I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you on this point strongly. I really, I really like the the flexibility that they that they allow so i'm i personally yeah I have, I, in fact I would, I would have a space opera book i would have a a um mm-hmm. spell jammer quote-unquote spell jammer book i would have yeah. and ways in that spell jammer book to adapt your magic into your space opera game i would have a cyberpunk book 
I would have all of these things mm-hmm. and with a chapter or two on how to integrate them into your other game systems. But I sure wouldn't cram them all mm-hmm. into the same book. It, it just seems – I don't know. It's Honestly, it feels like they didn't have enough material for one book or didn't feel like they did. And they didn't want to – you know, they didn't want to just put out a small book and charge what – you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty dollars for a tiny book. So they stuck all these rules into this one book. It just feels that way to me. You're very business minded. You should start a an RPG. You think company. so? You think so? I'd need a good partner. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I could do it on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. You know, with that, we should plug that. You know, Clatu and I have started a a small endeavor, a gaming endeavor. Right now, you can see what we're doing on a blog called um, at mixedsignals.ml. Mixed signals, all one word. Dot ml and that's a daily blog we're updating it every single day we are having gaming material on there right now we're focused on fantasy role-playing games not hybrid space opera you know fantasy space fantasy quasi spell jammer stuff right now we're just focused on high fantasy um things like traps and cursed items little, and things like that so. yeah a little bit of an old school bent i mean not not totally it's written for modern systems but but I feel like it feels old. No, not totally. And I mean, that's all you're going to get with me right now. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I th- I think that we're. Well, I mean, at the moment, we're trying to keep things as as um, adaptable as possible for people's games. So if you're playing something like Pathfinder, yeah. or even for that matter, Starfinder, you know, they go to an alien world and they go into a temple, and there you go, you can just throw a trap, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. these traps right in. It would not take much to just tweak and throw these things in uh, to somebody else's game. So, you know, uh, eventually, do we want to sell these things? Well, we want to put them out for people, and if they want to purchase them, they can. Or if they want them for free, they can get them for free as well. So um, I I don't know how mercenary that is. Maybe we're not great business people after all. But I think you got the idea listening to my complaints and I apologize for it, but that we look at stuff like this and we say, you know, there are things I would change. Well, the mixed signals is our way of, of doing that and expressing, you know, expressing it and offering it to other people. That is what, uh, that is what we're doing. So I enjoyed this a great deal. I don't think I could repeat this on my own. I really don't. I, I was very, very, uh, following, following behind everything you were doing with this character. Um, I would need, and, and this was true in the original D&D too, when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing when I started. I had no idea. And our game master mm-hmm. had to hold our hand through it more than once. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I actually yep. played with the character and I, I got to, to, you know, I had to refer to these statistics that I came up with um, the bonuses and the, this, the, that, then it begins to sink in. So until you actually play with the character, it's nearly impossible to understand. You know, there's certainly something this complicated. We we left out a lot of stuff. We, yeah, there are a lot of things we didn't go over, and it, you know, the, yeah, it's yeah. a complicated process. So um, I I would look forward to either doing this again or even running with Harry Peter Rollins and. Uh, uh, running him through some sort of campaign or something like that, or just an adventure, just to see how these statistics actually work. And by doing that, I'll I'll understand it all, all a whole lot better. Yeah, I think that's the key: is that 
that building it and then playing it is is the way to kind of well it's the way to do it i mean that's how you become a role player like that's that's the thing that people are missing like you got to build a character yeah. and then you yeah. got to play the character and i would say to view the build process as a mini game don't look at it as like oh i got to build a character to get ready for this rpg look at it as part of the rpg it's like the rpg before the rpg starts so it can be fun oh absolutely you just yeah. have to sort of like absolutely. be willing to flip back and forth a lot obviously well especially in this game system or one equally as complicated mm-hmm. as as yeah. this game system is yeah. that is so important and it's important you know, for the game master to have their universe in place, or a good idea of it anyway, in place, so that when the characters are creating, or when the players are creating their characters, they're creating characters that fit really well into this universe, and they're learning about the game setting while they're creating the character, because why would you choose one profession over another in this particular game system? Right. Your, your campaign, for instance. If you're running a, a Star Wars-like campaign, you know, why, you know, some of the options that are available to you, you need to understand what they are, why they're there, and how that fits into the wider universe. If I want to be, you know, this, uh, the Jedi-type characters are called Solarians, I think it is. And they have certain powers and abilities. And if you want to understand, you know, you can look at it and say, oh, I have a laser sword. I want, I, I want to have, you know, this guy. But in order to understand what he is and why you would choose him, the game master will tell you, you know, this is what he is. And he's part of this order. And this order is currently involved in a great war, you know. And that's all. That's, that's information. You suddenly you understand setting you understand what this character is is about you know you you find a place for your character as you're creating it tonight is not a great example of that because we don't have a full campaign to run them through but you know right if we if we did if we were next going to jump into a full campaign i would be asking questions like okay he's a pilot but was he military is he commercial um is he part of some rebel alliance is he you know what is he what is, and these this is information i would get and it would inform my decision as as i'm creating the character you've been listening to hacker public radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday monday through friday Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.